Hey everybody, this is Daniel Patrick, and this is episode number 149 of the Mandolins and Beer podcast, brought to you in part by my favorite website, The Mandolin Cafe. How is everybody doing? Hope you're doing well out there. I still sound a little congested. It's because I have some post-COVID bronchial issues going on here. Just trying to shake this nonsense, but... What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know what you're going to do? You're going to listen to a great episode with Don Stierenberg, who's got a brand new album out. It's available today. It's Bandcamp Friday. Today is September 2nd. And what Bandcamp Friday means is if you go to Bandcamp and purchase any albums from any of your favorite artists, they get all the proceeds. And they do this once a month, so it's really a great time to do it. And, and no better time than now, because this album is available on Bandcamp. And there's links in the description. There's links at mandolinsabeer.com where you can click on it and um, and go right directly to the page and buy it. So I recommend you do so. It's a fantastic album as always. Don is cream of the crop player, man. I'm such a such a fan and he's such a great guy. I really, really uh, enjoy talking to Don whenever I get a chance. So Rhythm Twist is available today. Man, episode number 150 is right around the corner, and I'm so stoked for you guys to hear the guest. It'll be a two-parter, and uh, I also have a new sponsor starting next week as well. So that's really exciting stuff. Um, and I'm going to also debut a Thomas Castle song of his new album. It's coming out in a few weeks. Um, great stuff. His new album's fantastic, so I can't wait. We're going to talk to Thomas here in a few weeks. Also going to talk to Frank Sullivan, who's got a brand new album today, too. Um, these episodes are a little pushed behind, though, due to my COVID nonsense there. So anyhow, uh, great stuff coming up. So I want to thank you all for, um, for listening to all these episodes. I can't believe we're getting to episode number 150. Still going strong, and I appreciate everybody here who listens. If you haven't done so yet in, these, in any of these episodes, if you could just leave a review or a, a star rating wherever you're listening to this and a comment, if you could. I mean, all that stuff goes a long way in getting it in the, uh, in the interwebs and, and rankings and good stuff like that. So, and, uh, and again, along with all the people here who have been listening, I really want to thank my sponsors, starting with Peghead Nation. Um, actually, starting every episode with Mandolin Cafe, my favorite website. Scott's been the best, and to have him uh, as a sponsor from, from right at the get-go, it's been a huge honor. Uh, as well as Peghead Nation, who's been here pretty much from the get-go as well. Peghead Nation's got the streaming video courses in mandolin, guitar, banjo, fiddle, dobro, ukulele, and bass. And you can learn bluegrass, old-time, and other styles from some of the most talented players and instructors in In Roots Music. And in my opinion, they've got the greatest lineup of mandolin instructors going. They've got Sharon Gilchrist, Joe K. Walsh, Mike Compton, John Reichman, Aaron Weinstein, Marla Fibish, Chad Manning. Everything from beginner to advanced, it's all there. It's all broken down. So even the most advanced classes are easier than you would expect. All the courses include high-quality multi-angle video lessons, downloadable notation and tab, play-along tracks, and plenty of tunes and songs to play. The best part is, you get your first month for free if you go to pegheadnation.com and use the promo code MANDOLINBEER, all one word, at checkout. Northfield Mandolins, let's build more than a mandolin together. Check out their website at northfieldmandolins.com. Download their app at mandosummit.app for lots of special performance recordings, demonstrations, and special workshops. Um, they got great stuff. You, you really need to follow them on the Instagram as well. And those cases they have, I'm not sure if they're still doing the introductory pricing or not, but the cases are wonderful looking and um, and uh, you can't really go wrong. Northfield at the top of the game. Speaking of the top of the game, too, man, another another person putting some beautiful photos out right now. Beautiful photos of beautiful sounding instruments, I should say. Uh, is Ellis Mandolins, handcrafted mandolins, designed and built 
in Austin, Texas. Thank you so much, Ellis. Science! I am not great at science. I've mentioned it before. Probably why I play music. Um, but, uh, you know, who's good at science, Roger Siminoff, Straight Up Strings. Go to straightupstrings.com. Um, they tell you how uh, all this works on the website, but the best bet is buy yourself a set of Straight Up Strings, put them on your mandolin, and find out why they sound so good. Hear every note of every chord. That's the tagline. And uh, there's a reason why Tristan Scroggins and CJ Lewandowski use these on their mandolins, y'all. So be sure to check out straightupstrings.com while you're there. Also, sign up for their newsletter. Thank you to Straight Up Strings and Elderly Instruments. Elderly Instruments is your trusted source for new, used, and vintage fretted and stringed instruments for the experienced to beginner player. Their vast selection of mandolins, guitars, banjos, ukuleles, and did I say mandolins? Include all of the accessories and books to go with them. All instruments are inspected and set up for easy playability, and their down-to-earth and knowledgeable staff are here to help. Now in their 50th year, they're family-owned, operated, they ship worldwide, and you can visit them anytime at Elderly.com or give them a phone call, 517-372-7880. All right, y'all, let's get into this episode with Don Stierenberg. Again, Rhythm Twist, available today. Highly recommended. Hope y'all have a fantastic week. Cheers, everybody. All right, man, it is my pleasure and always a pleasure to have back on the podcast, Don Sternberg. Don, how you doing? Doing great. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, man, thank you. Always a pleasure to uh, to talk to you and to get to have you on the podcast. And, and uh, well, yeah, Likewise, good, thanks good so much. Up. Absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully here I'll be uh, seeing you in person again. You're going to be in the Myrtle Beach area up for Allen's Camp. This looks like a bit of a jazzy lineup. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> Alan always has, uh, great pickers to, to teach. And, uh, uh, we were just talking a moment ago about, uh, our buddy Joe K. Walsh, he, he'll be there. And, um, and, uh, Wyatt Rice, uh, comes to Alan's camp, um, to teach guitar. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, and there's, you know, Obviously, more more than that. So it's always a good. It's a great camp, and and uh, you know, the, Alan gets uh, great staff people every year. I remember going to record at Alan's, and he um, texted me uh, the morning of the recording. He's like, "Hey, could you guys come an hour later? I forgot I have a lesson with Don." <laughs> I thought that yeah. was, I thought that was great, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I thought that was great. And and then, you know, it's funny, um, come 10 months later, uh, he comes down, he was at IBMA, and he stopped mm-hmm. by my booth, and he had gotten his new, um, his A-style mandolin that he had just gotten made that was kind of a tribute to the one he had when he was a kid. And right. um, he was just running through some sweet jazz licks, man. Running through, uh, kept running through like Limehouse Blues, and and man, you could, you could hear your influence on his his current trend of playing. I thought it was so neat to see that. Well, that's that's nice to hear. Thanks. Uh, is I I mean, from going back to the time that he asked me if I would give him a lesson, I what what are you talking <laughs> about? Give you a lesson, you know? And uh, <clears throat> so you know I'm. I, I was flattered that he was even in, interested, and uh, and since that time, you know, uh, you know, his he's uh, his playing has it just continues to grow all the time. I, it's, he's 
all-purpose mandolin player, best of the best. You know, what can I say? He's a fantastic mandolinist. And it's always, always just so encouraging to see, you know, the, the people that are the best of the best, are they're, they're continuing to grow and not just resting on their laurels of being, you know, like a, gal, a guy like Alan has listened to and played so much bluegrass in his life <laughs> that, yeah. you know, he could, he could probably literally just hit cruise control for the rest of his career, but that's not, that's not what he's about. And that's why he just remains top shelf. Like so many of these players, like yourself, <laughs> you know what I mean? Is keep working. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I've been inspired by Alan in just that manner. Uh, you know, the fact that he's always going for it and, uh, listening to a wide variety of things and, and, uh, trying to stay on top of, uh, you know all different types of music and he's like i say there's one alan bybee <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking of that what is something that you are currently working on you know speaking of the greats continually working on things is there something right now that you're just sitting down and kind of like generally like maybe re-going over or working on learning or well uh I'm I'm trying to keep up uh with you know the same type of things that I've I've been doing uh through the years uh, you know like the the this record that we're about to talk about for one thing but also I've been uh uh in the pandemic times uh, I got a call from some friends of mine uh, up in Wisconsin, old old bluegrass buddies uh, of mine, and they said, "Hey, do you want to play some bluegrass?" So I said, "Do I want to play some bluegrass? <laughs> what? What? When do we start?" You know. Yeah. So uh, I've had I've had some opportunities uh, with that. You know, for we we've played uh, a number of gigs now around the Midwest, and uh, you know, so that's been kind of throwing me back to uh my bluegrass roots and i've been uh you know woodshedding <laughs> trying to play in that fashion uh along with all the other jazz things uh going on and there's uh there's also this band here in town uh called fume uh which is led by a singer named christy bennett she uh her thing is like uh, actually, uh, like Django style jazz initially, but she also, she, she's a great jazz historian. She researches, uh, songwriters, uh, from like the, the thirties and forties that are a little bit under the radar. And, uh, uh, I get to play with that band just about one or two times a week. And, uh, oh, wow. so I'm, I'm learning, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep all that going. Um, and I bring it up because uh, an exciting development there is uh, next Saturday we're going to be playing at the uh, uh, Chicago Jazz Festival. Oh, get out. No kidding. Yeah. So oh, that's, wow. uh, yeah, that's, that's always kind of a, uh, an honor, you know, uh, it's a, it's a big city and it's a big festival and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, we're, you know, we get to go down there and play a set. So how do you spell that? How do you spell that band name? Oh, uh, Fume is, uh, F U 
M E E. And the last E has one of those tilty things on it because it's, it's French. <laughs> so, and it's French for smoke. It means, it means smoke. And, uh, I think she chose that. Uh, it used to be a longer name, Fume Gypsy Jazz Project or something, but now it's just Fume. I think she chose that because there's a, the kind of a famous picture of Django uh, from an album cover in his time where he's smoking a cigarette. And it's kind of, you know, you got the, the black and white photo with the, the white smoke kind of wafting up, you know, so uh, Fume. Cool, man. Well, if anybody's in yeah. Chicago, what time? Do you know what time your set is that Saturday? Yeah, it's eleven thirty, uh, and it's on the Von Freeman stage in uh, Millennium Park. Oh, cool! Down downtown Chicago. Yeah, beautiful area. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now you got this new project, uh, Rhythm mm-hmm. Twist, which is coming out. Comes out this Friday. It's available to the general public. There's been some copies of this CD mm-hmm. available, but digitally and Bandcamp comes out on? That's correct. Yeah. And, and it is Bandcamp Friday this week, so people should buy it this Friday uh, so you guys get all the money from it. Well, uh, that would that would be really nice. Yes, indeed. <laughs> right. And, you know, thanks in advance to anybody who, who takes the time to check it out. Appreciate that. And it is so good i mean just like everything you do by the way that you were talking about bluegrass a moment ago before we dive into this because i'm so familiar with your jazz playing i mean i love all your your albums but when i saw you with frank in georgia and you guys did a couple bluegrass songs you about ripped my head off with those bluegrass chops and vocals man (laughs) it was amazing how powerful well thanks i i uh you know this it's it's the music I I started with. I mean, I I sort of also started playing jazz early on. I, I grew up listening to it, um, you know, in my family's house. Uh, but the the first band I was in professionally was with my brother, and uh, we had a, uh, a bluegrass band. This is the 1970s now. But uh, we had a bluegrass band based up in Wisconsin called the Morgan Brothers. And, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, so I've got it in my blood ever since then, you know. When you're talking about woodshedding for those bluegrass, um, those bluegrass gigs, do you have like a particular mm-hmm. album that you go to, to to find inspiration from? Uh, well, I, I, I like them all, but, you know, I, I just keep, I seem to revisit, you know, the the heroes. I'll get on a kick for a, a you know, one band or one record for a little while. Uh, but you know, I I like all of it. Uh, but for me, I mean, the, I think we were talking about this one time, uh, you know, earlier on. I think when we were talking about Tony Rice one time, and uh, you know, so I. I'll go back and revisit all the J.D. Crow records, of course, and the Country Gentleman, and and uh, uh, my hero Sam Bush. Uh, he had a pretty good band uh, back then called the Newgrass Revival. Yeah, so good. <laughs> and or I'll listen to Alan's records, like we we're just talking about Alan. You know, I, I got the uh, I got two stations uh, uh, that I can 
you know, press a button for in my car. One is uh, the uh, bluegrass station, and the other one's the jazz station. <laughs> so, a lot of a lot of things uh, I dig are on the radio there, uh, bluegrass junction, and uh, yeah, there's always uh, something that'll grab my attention, and next thing I know, I pick up the mandolin drive everybody out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know if it was last time we talked or the time before that too, but you had just, you had turned me on to the, um, the West Montgomery, uh, release that had just come out. Um, Oh yeah. The, it was like a box set maybe that was at Indiana sessions or Indiana. I think it's like a double CD. Yeah. 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 Anything else like that you've been listening to that's, uh, that you've been really diving into? Not so much recently. It's just uh, you know, uh, if if there has been, it'd be kind of more like that. I don't, uh, I don't recall there being any more releases of that artist. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've always got that stuff in the player as well. Yeah, that was a great one I, that I was unfamiliar with, and I love Wes Montgomery. I didn't realize that it had been reissued, so I purchased it afterwards and was just like, oh, my gosh, sent me on another Wes Montgomery kick for a while there. <laughs> well, you know, I I was, uh, uh, you know, speaking of what you're working on, what you're listening to, I I wound up teaching a Wes Montgomery at the camps uh, this year. What? Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, oddly enough, as it, the one I used uh this year was called Wes's Tune. It's really, uh, it's especially fun for mandolin players, I found, because it's in A-flat, and it sits right there on the mandolin, you know, and of course, mandolin players, they usually come around and say, A-flat, I can't, what, what, you know, we can't play, <laughs> you know, what, what do you mean, A-flat? But it, it really is, it's really comfortable, and it's, uh, you know, it's not too fast, and uh, it's one of those tunes that, you know, actually teaches you a, a thing or two about where things are on the fretboard, you know. So I, I, I enjoy putting things like that together for for classes. Oh man, that's amazing! Yeah, close position tunes are. I also used to be the same way. Um, you know, like I would transpose. You know, if it was E flat, I'd move to E or D or whatever to to make it easier. But been doing like a Monday night kind of organ jazz gig, and we've been doing some. Oh wow! Yeah, we've been doing some uh, John Schofield stuff where I get to play like electric mandolin and. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, the keyboard player, he can transpose it if he wants, you know. I want to learn it. This one's yeah. in E-flat. Let's do it in E-flat. Because it really does give you, it makes you more comfortable in closed position soloing, which works. It's just, that works in open positions, too. You feel much more free to, exper- you know, explore different areas of the neck. That's it. That's it, exactly. And don't you find that, you know, at one point or another, you know, you kind of sweat the E-flat for a few minutes, and then you say, hey, wait a minute. Why, have, why did I shy away from this? Totally. It's just... It's just sitting there, you know, when you see it like a, like a map or, 
or a puzzle, you know, uh, you, you get a, another reminder that we're playing the greatest instrument in the world. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really not any trouble to find these things, you know, it's just uh, how you look at it. Yeah. And it really helps you, I think, approach chord changes uh, more readily as well, because if you're easy, if you're familiar playing in a closed position, even if you're in G and you explore a little bit further up the neck, you can go to like a closed C position and then you got mm-hmm. the closed D right there too. And it kind of just opens up some new licks for you as well, you know, and you become that's less it. scared of using those, all the fingers. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exactly. There's only one key and this is going to be a joke now, but there's only one key that's, that's tricky and that's B natural. <laughs> and I've, I found that out from, from Johnny Gimble when they, he told me one time, Don, there's nothing natural about B natural. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. But even on, you know, even that on the mandolin, it works out Absolutely. real nice. But yeah. Yeah. yeah that's Herschel Sizemore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how about that? Let's talk about this album, Rhythm Twist, man. Holy moly. This is just, again, everything you do is incredible, man. You are uh, the cream of the crop musicians. And so, you know, I'm never worried about anything you're putting out (laughs) as being like, well. (laughs) Wait a a second. I think there was something wrong with the connection. (laughs) There, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I thought I, I thought there might be some wrong with the connection. Yeah, no, um, yeah, no, but. we're good. And um, <laughs> but you know, and, and so it's really exciting. And and so how did this come about? Because it's it was recorded remotely. It says here between October 2020 and May 2022. So there's a pretty right. pretty good gap in there. So it's obviously been in the works for a few years. How did it start out? Well, it's it started out. Uh, I guess as as kind of a a response to the the pandemic, and uh, you know, ha- happily for me, um, the the four of us who were on the record just were uh, keeping in touch with each other, you know, on principle, like uh, uh, like you and I talking today. Hey, I, what are you doing? You know, and in uh, one of those conversations. Uh, with Greg Ruby, who's uh, the guitar player and producer uh, of the record, he says, you know what, we ought to make a record. And because we had, the four of us there, uh, at one camp in particular, uh, Swan and Noah gathering, we would play uh, on each other's sets in the, uh, you know, on concert nights. And, uh, we just kind of, and we did it for a number of years, uh, in, you know, consecutive. And we got, uh, we just enjoyed it so much that uh, one thing led to another, and we, Greg would end up getting us uh, a gig, a live gig in town while we were there, and uh, we just uh, got to be fond of uh, playing together. And uh, then Greg, you know, when everybody was locked down, the he said, uh, we should make a record. And, you know, first we all said, well, oh, yeah, right. Like, we can make a record. <laughs> and uh, I guess it was his idea, too. Like, no, no, we can we can just, you know, everybody can re- record their parts at home. 
which is what he means by remote recording. And then uh, we can mix it and stuff. So the, the, the design process started that way. Uh, just conversation uh, on phone and email, like, okay, so let's plan it out. And uh, what happened there was uh, we knew we wanted to make 12 tunes, and there, and we knew there were three, uh, four guys uh, in the group. So uh, we did the math, and that meant that each player would be responsible for three tunes, choosing the tune, uh, and then either writing or arranging a, uh, a tune. And uh, the tunes that we each arranged were, were all uh, uh, public domain uh, tunes, you know, like a lot of early, a lot of early jazz tunes and uh, some classical things uh, also. Uh, that was kind of the, the formula, if you will. Uh, everybody write one tune and then arrange two others. That's where it landed. That's awesome. And that first song, that yeah. rhythm twist, is a cool little crooked top there. <laughs> it was really catchy yeah. at the beginning, man. Yeah, well, that's that's Evan Price uh, wrote that, and uh, uh, that guy. I don't know if I should even start talking about him because uh, <laughs> you know there'd be definitely be something wrong with the connection there. I mean, uh, you know, just a just a fantastic all-purpose violin player. You know, everything from uh, early jazz, like he's a. He's a violin player for the Hot Club of San Francisco. Oh, cool. And has been for uh, a long time. Uh, so everything from like an earlier uh, sort of jazz like that to uh, modern, you know, more bebop-oriented jazz, like the tune Rhythm Twist, which he wrote, is kind of in that vein. But then he can also play Baroque music, and uh, he's out there teaching at, at uh, uh, you know seminars in various styles, and uh, he also has a Patreon uh, page, and I think he calls it uh, transcript transcription of the of the week or transcription of the month, and he'll he'll write out like uh, an entire um, jazz record, let's say. 
it, you know, like Coleman Hawkins playing Body and Soul. He'll transcribe the solo. He'll he'll play it. Uh, he'll write. He'll arrange it for maybe three violins or you know a, a larger string section. He's just so thorough. Uh, he's he's documenting you know all these things and uh, in the spirit of you know having people work on their improv and that's another thing that I I would recommend people uh, check out. He's just a, a you know a really gifted musician and uh, it shows in that you know there's all that stuff is 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 packed into the the tune that we lead off with rhythm twist. It's amazing. I mean, when you sent me the uh, CD, I think I, before I even listened to the whole CD, I probably listened to that song three or four times. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> it is tasty. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if, if, I got to say it's, I think when I heard that, you know, leading off the CD myself, I, I started thinking, why, wait a minute, how did we get that? What we got one guy, on the West Coast, one guy in the Midwest, one guy in New York, and another one in Asheville. You know, but it still sounds like it. It, it sounds like actual music. You know what I mean? It's. Uh, I don't. Know, it feels. It, it's. I. I'm surprised by it. You know. Uh, yeah. It's, you know uh, what? I um. I mean, I guess when I saw it recorded remotely. You know, I knew again mm -hmm. cream of the crop guys, but it yeah, you would never, ever in a million years guess that this wasn't recorded in the same room together. Especially because some of the, I mean, the, the tunes have some some parts, and they, uh -huh. um, you know, they seem like parts that you'd have to have eye contact with sometimes. You know what I mean? And uh, right, yeah, and they and they get pulled off, and it just it doesn't sound even. In, and the mixing and mastering is incredible. I mean, the well. And and that's another reason to mention Evan. When when we all got our parts done, uh, you know, and sent back and forth and posted to where people could, uh, you know, work with them and stuff. Uh, after everything was assembled, then Evan was the guy who who mixed the record as well. And uh, and you know, as far as the like you were mentioning tunes with parts, uh, that goes back to you know, kind of the assignment that we gave each other, which was you arrange these three tunes or, you know, compose one and arrange two. So we would circulate that paperwork around. Uh, of course, there's no paper anymore in life. It's all, <laughs> right? Right, right? But, uh, you know, we'd, we'd post on our, uh, on the, online, uh, okay, here's my, my tune and the, the whoever was the arranger would say you know would have notes on the in front like okay i'd like the mandolin to play this part and then letter b we'll switch it over and have the guitar play and then we have a bass solo at c you know so the stuff was written down and we could all deal with it individually like that and but even so the fact that it all it all kind of dropped into something like it sounds like four guys sitting in the living room playing is right, right. something I've been re real excited about. That's the amazing thing. I mean, that musicians found during the pandemic 
Was there right. are, there are alternate ways now to to be able to compose and to and, and and to create income and to reach an audience, you know? And I think everybody took the time to learn that. And you know, again, why I say the the recorded remotely is is surprising on this album is just because you know there is so much bad stuff too that you see like people are like yeah i say bad but you know mm-hmm. it's not professional sounding um you know it's maybe it's just four friends getting together to do something like that and and posting it online but it's obvious they weren't in the same room you know right. and 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 you know and that's just for fun and i shouldn't say sounds bad because you, you know it's, they're just doing it for fun but this doesn't right. sound at all like it was recorded remotely <laughs> i mean it's it's amazing yeah yeah maybe i shouldn't even confess that here <laughs> on the air but right, right. it seemed it just it kind of like i say it's a it surprised me and i guess actually i'm proud of the fact that it, it came out as well as it has oh you should be i i'd be putting it even in bigger letters because <laughs> people be like, <laughs> amazing did you record? Did you record at home, or did you go to a studio uh, nearby and do it your your recording for your parts? Uh, that's a good question. I I did all mine uh, right here in the same room where I'm sitting now talking oh, to no you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was what was your? And I, sh- oh, go ahead. I I think I can speak for the other, you know, for Craig and Kevin and and Evan also that they they did it the same way. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, each of us in our home studios, if you will. Yeah. What uh, what was your setup as far as microphones and did and, and preamps and different things like that? Well, um, uh, I, a couple different setups. I did some things. Uh, a few things I did mono with just one microphone, mm-hmm. and uh, for that I have a mic that I I uh, picked up a few years ago of a company named Aventone. And, uh, but it's basically, uh, you know, a pencil, uh, style and a pencil shaped condenser mic. Yeah. And what's different about it is it has a lot of different capsules for polar patterns. Oh, wow. Really cool. Yeah. So I, it, I've actually got it to work live with, uh, because the, if you get a really tight, uh, uh, pattern on there, you can, you can use a condenser mic on stage without, uh, feedback and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, almost, I guess, without feedback, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so that was, um, what I did sometimes. And then, uh, I also have a pair of, uh, I think are KSM 141s, uh, same idea, uh, you know, the little pencil, straight condenser mics that are all, all of these are kind of knockoffs of, of, uh, Neumann, uh, 84s, I think they are. But anyway, the, uh, the, the KSM are obviously sure mics. So I have a pair of those. And once they told me, the other guys told me, uh, yeah, let's go for stereo because it'll be easier to mix and match sounds with and get a little better sound. And I, I, I did that. I, and now I don't even remember which tracks are which because you know Evan mixed them so they you know they they sound good regardless of which setup. But I would take the mic and I would put it into a uh, let's look at it here and see a uh, PreSonus audio box, which is just a you know a USB interface. Let's call it that. Yeah. 
and uh, from you know, and then out out of the back of that into the into the computer, and uh, off we go. You know, yeah, sounds amazing, man. And did you use which which mandolin did you use? Because I know you got you've uh, you've also gotten a uh, one of the Apidius mandolins as well. Did you get an Apidius? You've had an Apidius. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah oh, I've had right. that for yeah, you've for, had that for, for some time. On this record, I played the Nugget mandolin. And, uh, uh, you know, f- for no particular reason, maybe just expediency, you know, uh, <clears throat> to, uh, uh, as far as this recording at home, I, it's, it's a little bit nerve wracking because I'm, I'm not an engineer. And, <laughs> sure. uh, so I, you know, I thought if I went with, uh, old reliable, it might, you know, kind of <laughs> speed things along. Just, I know what it sounds like. And, uh, so it, it wound up, uh, being what I used for the, for this whole project. When you, um, when you use the one mic, where did you, where did you point it at? Uh, with one mic or two, uh, I, I aim towards the lower F hole. Oh, okay, cool. And, you know, so if it's mono, with with one uh kind of like uh about even with the bridge or maybe a little bit to the right of the bridge you know and and towards the f hole and the distance is uh you know i'm guessing now but uh, maybe five or six inches and then uh if i'm in stereo i i aim at that same spot but with the uh, mics coming in at at a you know one one from the right and one from the left, but they both aim at that same spot. Gotcha. Cool. 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 That's just a kind of a it's like an imitation of uh, what I see my friend uh, Steve Rashid do when I record my own records over at his his studio, and uh, he uses nicer microphones, of course, but uh, <laughs> you know he's he sets them up in that way, you know, with the, they look like a V, you know, when you, when you get a pair of them and aim them at that spot, you know. Right, right. Uh, I don't know what, I, I forget my math about angles, uh, you know, like if it's 20 degrees or 25, I don't know, but it looks like a V <laughs> right, to me. Right. Yeah, I'm terrible. That's why, that's why I play music. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, no math, really. <laughs> Except <laughs> at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about the tunes that you picked. Um, track three okay. is the first one it looks like that you picked and arranged. Look down that uh-huh. lonesome road. Did you uh, why'd you go with that one? Well, I it, I I love the tune for one thing, and uh, uh, I I love the chord progression in it, uh, and and the melody, and uh, uh, it was uh, as I mentioned, you know, as far as the jazz tunes that are on there, they're all from that earlier era, like actually going back to the, the beginning of jazz. So I think. There was a Louis Armstrong Hot Five or Hot Seven 
uh, I can't remember the specific record, but you know he did look down that lonesome road, which is you know when there's lyric on it, it's kind of a gospel oriented uh, tune, and uh, you know as the years went on, it was covered by even Frank Sinatra, and uh, but where I uh, interestingly enough, uh, again going back to to my roots. Uh, and I think the first time I heard it was on the Country Gazette record, a live record that they did. You know, uh, you know, Alan Mundy and and Byron Berline and them cats. Uh, I think Roland was on that one too. With uh, uh, you know, they they had like a bluegrass feeling. Uh, look down that lonesome road, and I've always loved the tune since hearing that. But then this time, uh. uh you know, you cast it in kind of the, the kind of a jazz or swing vein, and uh, you know, I had to change keys for each guy. And when you know, you start with the, and it was one that I thought that would sound cool with the bass playing the melody. So it opens up like that with arco bass actually, and uh, uh, you know, I started. I I wanted you know I took. Uh, it was nice to give Kevin. Uh, he's such a great bass player, and you know, so I wanted to make sure he got some space in some of these things. And so he starts off stating the melody, and then uh, you know, and soloing a bit later too. But it, you know, as we shift from instrument to instrument, it's it's a different key for each guy. Oh, that's cool. All right, and then your the next track up here, which I love this song. One of my first, before I became more rounded as a musician, I was really into like some blues stuff, and then that led me to jazz. And um, I had picked up like a uh, Chet Atkins and Mark Knopfler album, and they covered uh -huh. "There'll Be Some Changes Made," and it was oh yeah great. And I think it even had like some talking. Uh, during each other's yeah. solos, <laughs> which was really fun to hear. Yeah, they. I think they they kind of wrote their own lyric for it. Yes, if totally. I remember. Yes, it's like talking about being a guitar player, and uh, which Chet was pretty good at. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to dig that one out. It. it uh, I remember it being pretty funny as well as having the hot hot licks. Yeah, it's that same tune, and uh, uh, I picked that one because uh, that's a tune, I, another tune that I grew up on. But uh, even from a younger age, uh, you know, the the jazz records uh, when I was a kid, that was my father's collection, and my mom had all the folk stuff. Uh, but uh, there, in in my dad's uh, 
jazz record collection, there was a, a handful, like several titles by uh, Eddie Condon, uh, who led, uh, I guess a lot of people would call it a Dixieland uh, band, you know, uh, trumpet, clarinet, trombone, uh, and he played rhythm guitar, and then there's a rhythm section, piano, bass, trumpet. Well, anyway, uh, one of their records had there will be cha- some changes made on it, and they it was an extended version. As as uh, uh, you know, the record I I grew up listening to was th- their version of changes made was I don't know six seven minutes long, and uh, it had you know so that one's been you know stuck in my system for. I can't even say how many years. I don't want to say how many years. <laughs> and you know, when I when when it appeared on a, a list uh, of things that you know we wanted to to refer to, uh, as I mentioned, you know, um, public domain early stuff. I said, "Oh man, with these players, this is uh, now. It's the time. Let's write it up." <laughs> Because it's just so much fun to 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 play on. They you all know, the chords go everywhere, and uh, you know you you you'll hear when when you hear the cats play on it. There's it, it, the tune gives everybody a lot to comment on. You know, I mean, all these tunes really do. All these tunes, each player really gets a uh, spot. And the best thing is, it never becomes overwhelming. You know, mm-hmm. I was just talking about a particular album. I don't want to say which album. It's not in this genre, but like, you mm-hmm. know, I don't want to ruin anybody's favorite album, but it was like, it's like a live jazzish album. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. like everybody gets a solo on every song. And by song three, you're like, oh, I don't need another bass or drum solo. <laughs> you know, right. I was just, we're going to go for a third drum solo here. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, it's too much. Well, yeah, and then the problem becomes you, you. If you make a record that way, then you can only do two or three songs. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. Right. But everybody here, they, they, everything is. Yeah, I mean, you can tell you're all pros. You know, everything is is really. Uh, there's no. It's not out of control or ever overwhelming. It's always really inspiring, and and in times like just jaw dropping, the note selection. Well, thank you for that, and. If I were to be bold, I would I would add that uh, the four of us, uh, I you know I I think I can speak for the other guys with this, but we all love each other's playing, you know. And uh, I noticed that uh, you know when listening to after this record was mixed, that one of the things that makes it sound more like live or live in the studio altogether music is you'll hear one player in his solo play a little melodic gesture let's say and then the next cat comes in and there's that melodic gesture he picks it up and he develops it from there so we're you know that's it the the whole record has this conversational quality that uh, we all we all like and uh and i know at least from my standpoint I love what these three other guys play, no matter what type of tune, no matter, you know, they they just play wonderful melodies on everything. Yeah, agreed. And then the last track is one you wrote, and it's Swing a Noah.
which uh, yeah. which is uh, I'm, I'm guessing a little uh, tip of the hat to where you guys taught the camp at. That's it exactly. Yeah, yeah. at least in the title. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> and how did you come up with that tune? Well, uh, actually, uh, I kind of it it was inspired uh, in some ways. By a tune that I I I can't pronounce the title of very well, but I was listening to a Borelli Legren record, and it was it was live, and he had this tune. Um, oh, geez, I can't even try this. <laughs> it's the name of a place in France, and uh, uh, it it just uh, moved me, the feeling of it, and so I I tried to put together something with like a, a similar harmonic structure and, and similar time feel. And uh, that's how that came about. I, I said, well, Mike, let's try to get something that approaches that, that feeling, you know. And the, the main feeling that was there was, was swing. Uh, and it just, it swung so nicely, you know, and that's, that's where the word swing gets into the title. And then, uh, like you said, the, the, the place where we all, all met and hung out and stuff is the rest of the title. Yeah, it's perfect, man. Yeah, it works just amazingly well with it. Thanks. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, so if you had, is there any song out there yet that you have yet to record? I always think of this when I, I, I talk to players like like yourself who have got such a huge catalog of music they've been inspired by. And there's such a and and especially I mean, I guess some bluegrass is the same, too. But like in jazz, it seems like there might even be sometimes like even a larger variety of like tunes that are definitely more complex than mm-hmm. than you find in the bluegrass world. But is there any song out there that you've that you've maybe either tried to record or have been daunted to attempt out there at one day you want to get to and and get a recording of? Well I'll tell you, uh I actually I have lists of those. <laughs> I when something uh strikes me that way, you know, I usually jot it down for starters. And then uh every so often I'll I'll look at those lists and organize them into a potential project, you know, and, uh, you know, I won't bore you with reading titles, but, uh, trust me, I've got, you know, there's, there's never, I'm not going to run out of things that I (laughs) would, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to, I'm never, uh, hurting for more things that I'd like to try, uh, to either to play live or or record but yeah because the way, another way I look at it too is oh that one would sound really good on the mandolin you know in addition to being drawn to a certain musical feeling uh, you know quite often it, uh, it's based on on that like oh wow why didn't they have mandolin on there that that would sound perfect on the mandolin i write it down you know and and I, I just, I hope I uh, can get to, uh, you know, even part of, the, of these things that I've got uh, sitting, <laughs> waiting for me to <laughs> work up. Yeah, that's, I love it. I do the same thing. My phone is filled with different vocal song ideas, bluegrass yeah. this song up or, you know, 
what about just an instrumental bluegrass version of this song? Yeah, it's never right. ending. Well, and me too. You know, I got I got bluegrass lists. As, uh, you know, it's just a matter of which page am I looking at in the notebook. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, here's my bluegrass album if I ever could get to make that. And Ooh, then I would love to hear an, a bluegrass album by you. Oh, thanks. Oh, I, man. You know, hope so. I, but yeah, I mean, most of my lists are going to be just like the, I mean, those are the two styles I, I'm most involved with, the bluegrass and, and then the swinging jazz stuff. But, you know, one will be, oh, here's more old standards that I, I would love to get to. And here's some bluegrass stuff or like yourself, uh, you know, a tune from outside of that genre that would work in that style. And uh, then, then I've got a list of like, here's uh, here's like some bebop stuff that I, uh, you know, want to get to someday too. But, but don't tell my wife she doesn't like bebop at all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's great. Zvenia, <laughs> yeah, any new uh, instruments uh, entered your world in the last few years at all? Oh, let's see. Not since we talked before. I... Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. Well, no, it's not a mandolin. So. Oh, well, is it cool though? Did, you can talk about it. I did kind of. I did kind of swap guitars during the, the the pandemic. Oh, no kidding. I had uh, electric guitars. Yeah. And uh, you know, kind of a sort of a downsizing procedure. Uh. <laughs> uh I let go of a Stratocaster that, uh, I, you know, I made a big chunk of my living playing for the last few decades. I uh, let that go and that I had to replace it in case I get called to do anything like that. Um, and I wound up with a, a Telecaster. Oh, instead. No, I love Telecasters. Yeah. Getting to know that, trying to get to know that a little bit. Yeah, well, that's fun, though. Which brings to mind another thing that people might want to know about Greg Ruby, the guy who's, he's, he's such a, uh, a great, you know, swing, gypsy jazz, Django, Oscar Alamon. He's an expert in all of these guitar styles, but then in Rockaway beach, uh, near New York city, where he lives, he's also playing in a surf band out there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I guess that's another thing with, with these four guys on, on the record. We all share these kind of wide interests. You know, we all, we all like to, uh, you know, dip our toes in the in the water of of uh, various styles of music. Yeah, we should mention, I don't know if we mentioned the bass player by name either. That's Kevin Kerberg. Kevin Kerberg, yeah. Uh, great bass player, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. See when you're at uh if you're at Swannanoa gathering uh, and you go to the concerts every night, no matter who's on stage, Kevin is up there playing bass with him. Oh wow. And the that means I'm talking about a range of styles from old time to classical to all the various uh British Isles styles, the Canadian fiddle styles, the Cajun fiddle styles, uh, straight up bluegrass, any kind of jazz. The guy's amazing. Well, he should be amazing. He's got a PhD 
and he's the professor of bass at the college there. Oh, and, get out uh, of here, Ash- really? Yeah, Warren Wilson College. He's he's been teaching uh, there for for several years, and uh, which is why he's he's already on campus to you know to help uh, with the concerts, but also to teach some some bass classes and stuff like that. And that's how we got all got to know him. And, uh, he really is, uh, you know, as good as it gets. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, great feel too. I mean, besides the tone and everything, that's the that's the thing with the bass player. You know, it's easy to become robotic on recordings and and get like you know lost or not lost, but like I, I always love when I recognize the bass for being in the pocket. You know what I mean? Like, whew, you know, this oh, yeah. recording feels amazing. <laughs> you know, and you're like, it's the bass. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I I noticed, you know, going back a few years, just hanging and playing with these guys is that uh, because of details like the one you just mentioned, they they make it easy. It's easier to, like for me as a mandolin player, I'm saying it's it's easy to play when guys like that are, are, uh, you know, providing such a nice, relaxed groove no matter what style. You know. It's like driving a nice car. And, you yeah. know, and you're just like, you know what, if I needed to really speed up really quick here and put this car to its paces, this car will do it. I don't need to, but it's nice to know. <laughs> it's nice to know that it could. The big oh, engine. that's a good way to, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah, that's what it always felt like to me when I'm playing with the, like all the, the best guys in town. You know, I'm just like, we could we could do some things. <laughs> That's how I related to the you know the arrangements I made, the tunes I picked, etc. It's like, well, I can have this guy do this, uh, this guy can do that, and no matter what it was that I was thinking of, I knew they could. You know, just uh, uh, between that and the uh, and like I say, the conversational aspect of things. You know, the fact that we all like each other it was really fun. Uh, you know, even though we were all alone at home, it uh, was really fun trying to imagine this stuff and then finally putting it down. Yeah, and I think that's, you know that's another good good ex- explanation of why I think this album feels like it was done because it is so conversational. Like it feels uh-huh. like like I guess that would probably explain why it felt like to me it seems like you guys were making eye contact when you know thinking of that because again it really it feels so natural and it feels like somebody's taking over the conversation and and you know. In, in in a great way it's yeah uh, t- i can't wait for people to hear it and they should again when they're listening to this today it came out on Bandcamp. this will be airing on friday the second you should go to Bandcamp and purchase it immediately and support the artists yeah. should i tell you about the sites the like the addresses and stuff absolutely all right are you ready you got your ready. pen got my <laughs> <laughs> i got my pen listeners if you're if you're driving, pull over and get your pads out. <laughs> <laughs> or like they say at Wrigley Field, have your pencils and scorecards ready. That's right. <laughs> so uh, my Bandcamp page is Don Stiernberg. I know you know how to spell that. Don Stiernberg.bandcamp.com. And then we also have the two websites uh from uh, other guys. The one is Greg Ruby's uh, site, which is just gregrubymusic.com. And then uh, the last one I have on my little list here is Evan's site, which is 
evanpricemusic.com slash online hyphen store. And I'll have links to all this too. I'll put links in the description of this podcast and links at mandolins and beer. So anybody can just touch the link right on the, where they're listening to this podcast. It'll take them right to your band camp. And then last but not least, uh, I know we've done the 10 minutes a day thing, but I like to think of um, my 10 minutes a day sort of stuff, something you had mentioned on the very first episode we did. And we are in baseball season. So um, you mentioned it was uh, like baseball practice, I think. Are you watching is you're watching the Cubs practice? Is there anything yeah. that, that you're working on currently while you're watching a Cubs game that you're running through that you're uh, just putting out your fingers and sort of paying attention to? Well, uh, yeah, I, I would say... Uh, this season, there's probably a little bit more practicing than usual because, uh, you know, our team just isn't that good right now. I'm sorry to say, but uh, I think as a Tigers fan, I would be like feely level. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I just shut it off. I'm like I can't take yeah. it anymore. <laughs> no, I usually, uh, I mean this this summer I I've been. Uh, probably running through some of the drills and tunes and uh, things that I've, I've been presenting at the camps all, all season. Uh, so like for instance, uh, I had uh, uh, a bunch of pages of uh, things that I call making scales useful and fun. So I start with uh, of course a scale and and then I put down tab-wise uh, one or a few ways to finger that scale. And then I put um, a way to imagine the, all those notes beyond one octave so that you then create a territory for a certain sound. Uh, in other words, you can play all, all over the board and connect things up. And... Uh, you know, uh, then the other thing on those sheets is uh, I'll make a melody. Well, first I'll make patterns. Da 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 dee da dee da dee da. You know that will break up the, take it out of diatonic scale movement and put it into, uh, uh, you know, uh, mathematical patterns. Yeah, like broken thirds. Yeah, yeah, that would be one, and and. Uh, there's other, you know, each, I've done it for several keys and each key that I change what the pattern's going to be too. But, um, I'll, you know, I've just kind of off the top of the head things, uh, that I would sketch out. And then last but not least on these sheets, uh, I would have a sample melody. Okay. Now that we know where we're going in such and such a key, what would a melody sound like? Let's make one up. So I, I, you know, I'll, you know, going back to cup game drills, I'll, I'm usually running those kind of things. Yeah, that's awesome. And those wacky bebop heads that <laughs> I'll never play. I'll never play a tempo, but you know, I uh, they're still fun to play and work on. Does your wife watch a Cubs game with you, or no? She she's like he's playing these bebop heads and watching the Cubs. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> She does watch, but yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Don, it's always great talking with you, man. I, I, it always puts a big smile on my face, and it's it still blows my mind. I get to have conversations with some of my musical heroes like yourself. It's, it really is. And and um, the fact that you've come out multiple times, I really, truly, truly appreciate it. And I think people are going to absolutely love this album. And uh, congratulations on another incredible recording, buddy. Well, thank you, Dan. Uh, same goes for me. I, I love talking to you and and grateful for all you do for uh, all of us mandolin pickers and uh, and for the mandolin itself. Oh, thank you so much really, for saying Really, really awesome. Oh, thanks. All right, there you have it. Another incredible episode with Don Stierenberg. Go out and buy the brand new album, Rhythm Twist. It's available today. So whenever you listen to this podcast, you can get it at any time. All the links are in the description and at mandolinsandbeer.com. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to my sponsors. Have a great weekend. Cheers, everybody.